the Washington Mystics are getting a lot from Brittany Sykes, but they're having a lot of injuries. The great Jen Hatfield, who covers them for the Nets, is here to talk about it. Locked on women's basketball starts now. Welcome to Wallet. For the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Women's Basketball. I'm your host, Howard Magdal, thanking you for making us your first listen every day. Record numbers of you coming to join us as we do this six days a week. If you're not a subscriber, make sure you subscribe over on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. It is, of course, not just me. It is this incredible team we have put together over at The Next, thenexthoops.com, where we have over 100 reported pieces every single month. Make sure you subscribe, thenextsoups.com, $9 a month, $72 a year. You get all the stories in your inbox. We're just knocking on your door saying, hey, more women's basketball all the time. Come and join us. And somebody who does as much knocking as anybody, I would say, is our fearless managing editor, Washington Mystics beat reporter, Ivy League beat reporter, siblings, Beat reporter Jen, am I missing anything? It is, of course, Jen Hatfield. I I don't think you're missing anything yet. I mean, you could always give me a new beat one of these days, it and would, then there would be more. It's true because you're definitely not busy enough. But Jen is here to talk about the great Brittany Sykes, who I have had the pleasure of covering dating back to her Syracuse days. At some point, we'll look into what state she's from. Then, in segment two, we're going to talk about. I was going to say who's hurt on the Mystics, but it's going to be who isn't hurt because it's we got limited time in the podcast. We can only do so much. And we will talk about the Mystics trip out west, what's coming up, what Washington needs to do. But I'm going to start things out by giving listeners a bit of a reset here. The Washington Mystics, as we record this on Thursday, and by the way, I know I mentioned that Jasmine Thomas will be with us Schedule conflict, she's going to be with us next week. So, no, your eyes are not deceive you. That is not Jasmine Thomas. That is Jen Hatfield. So, the Washington Mystics are 12 and 13, expected one loss record of 13 and 12. They are solidly middle of the pack. They are fifth in the league in net rating at 0.5. I mean, about as close to an even season as could be. And I will just say that coming into this season, to my mind, the Aces and the Liberty were a cut above. I did not think conventional wisdom was wrong on that, but I thought with good health, the Mystics had a chance to be in that tier, in that opportunity. Obviously, it hasn't happened that way. I guess when we think about how effective Brittany Sites has been, I think it almost reinforces how much trouble they've had filling around her because of injuries. So I want to start with Brittany Sykes. I want to talk about the fact that this this woman who had two ACL tears before she even got to the lead, who has bounced around, who has at times struggled to get her role. Jenny wrote this amazing piece about Brittany. What was kind of your top line takeaway from really immersing yourself in the Brittany Sykes story? Yeah, I think it's that she's feeling comfortable and 
free to do all of the things that she does in Washington. You know, in her previous stops, she said she she really enjoyed her time at her previous stops, but she sometimes was put in a box a little bit and told, you know, go stand in the corner and drive to the rim and that's your thing. Don't shoot threes. You don't need to do that. Um, and here in Washington, you know, when the Mystics first even talked to her in free agency, they said, why don't you shoot more threes? And she was like, huh? shoot more threes. And then she started shooting more threes overseas and they started falling and she was like, oh wait, I can do this. I remember I can do this. Um, so she's she's feeling fulfilled in, in kind of all aspects and, and it's translating into uh, one of the more monster months uh, of July that we've seen from arguably any WNBA player. Um, she's just been on a tear and, and really carrying this team. Just blowing up. I mean, three games of 23 points or more all since July 21st. It seems as if she is finding a level that maybe some people didn't think that she had. Now, you know, I'm sure I have experienced this uh, and I've seen it as well. The one person who has never doubted Britney Sykes is herself. And I just I wonder how much a you think that has been part of why the Mystics wanted her to be a part of this team and b how much you think that rubs off on her teammates as well. Yeah, you know, I think I think it's definitely a, a big reason the Mystics wanted to bring her in for agency. They saw that potential in her. They were looking beyond her three-point percentage in the WNBA and looking at it uh, from her last year at Syracuse when she shot about 39% from the field. So, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, they basically bet on, um, you know, her still having the confidence to take that if she was put in the right situation. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's more than confidence, too. They they, they did tweak her, her shooting mechanics a little bit, but as assistant coach Shelly Patterson told me, sometimes the confidence piece is just as important. So, um, you know, they they both basically had confidence in, in each other, the Mystics and Sykes and Sykes and the Mystics. And that's kind of where you're where you're getting this. And then as far as your teammates, absolutely. Um, she and Natasha Cloud are, are the dynamic duo that that are leading the Mystics right now. But even with everybody healthy, they are kind of the heartbeat of this team. They're the engine uh, with apologies to Alyssa Thomas. Uh, for stealing her nickname there, but they're the ones who make the team go, which can be good or bad, right? Those two have talked a lot about how both of them are so fiery that they have to be careful that they don't go too far in that direction or else the whole team is going to be like discombobulated and too fired up and just it's not quite in rhythm. So uh, they both need to know when to amp it up, amp it down, um, but definitely they the whole team feeds off Sykes, even Natasha Cloud feeds off Sykes, um, which is which is saying a lot. No doubt about it. And real nice piece by Kareem Copeland about that duo, by the way, in the Washington Post, a friend of the program, Kareem Copeland, uh, worth checking out as well. I think when we think about what Brittany Sykes can be on a contending team, I think those parameters have shifted maybe. And I guess I wonder whether you see her now in a different way relative to the long-term fit because she signed to a long-term deal here in dc uh, whether you know as you think about all right what is this team that mike tebow is building where does she fit in i know the conventional wisdom at the time was gee at the salary number that you were building her around in this unforgiving salary cap maybe they don't have enough flexibility to build that team properly but if she is let's say a number two or a number three option on a championship team, then we're having a very different conversation before you even get into her defensive abilities and the fact that she is a true two-way player. 
Yeah, I don't think the Mystics would have given her that that salary if they didn't see her as that option. And I think she's she's delivering on that right now. Um, when you ask about you know what the team might look like uh, with her there in the future, it's it's really hard to say because so many of the key pieces on this team are going to be free agents in 2024. So there are a lot of uh, question marks right now around who she's going to be paired with. I mean, Cloud is going to be a free agent. Ariel Atkins is going to be a free agent. Elena Deladon is going to be a free agent. So um, really, Mike Tebow is going to have a bit of a, a blank slate um, to to build this team. And whether that means trying to bring back all those three and essentially run back this group with better health, he could do that. Um, you know, maybe someone decides to go elsewhere and, and they kind of retool a little bit. So it's going to be really interesting to see. And I think we're going to see more of, uh, you know, their thinking about how they do want to build around her and how they do see her um, going forward. And, and it'll be interesting to see how much that is impacted by how she's playing now. You know, it's one thing to say we believe a player can be that. And it's another thing to see her deliver on it and be your top option uh, while these other pieces are out. Now she's proven it. She's proven it more game by game by game every time out. Did you, by the way, did you look up where she's from? What state she's from? I, I you know, that? off the top of my head, I think that would be New Jersey. I think you're right. No, that, that sounds, that's now that you're saying it, it sounds familiar. It is fascinating what you're saying because essentially the real and significant conversation is, are the Washington Mystics now set to build around Brittany Sykes. And, you know, to your point, obviously you couldn't have worse health unless the bubonic plague comes to Washington, D.C. So it's a reasonable thing to do. But do you see them building from, let's say, Sykes out as you conceive of what their offseason might look like? Well, first of all, please don't say they can be in, they can't be in worse health because Sykes went down briefly in the first, first oh, on Sunday. Okay. Uh, looked to be like wrist or hand or something and uh she would have been the the she's the only starter uh from the beginning of the season who has not missed time so uh wait uh, wait before we get to that and <laughs> again that'll be a good segue into who isn't hurt we're going to do that in segment two yes. first want to let you know that lockdown women's basketball is brought to you by ibotta i-b-o-t-t-a now look you are buying things all summer long, right? Whether it's a summer barbecue, uh, my kids are getting ready. Don't, don't tell them. I don't like to say this out loud, but it's back to school season is around the corner. And you can use Ibotta to be able to get cash back on things you're buying anyway. So I, I don't even have to tell my kids, you know, no, there's no uh, back to school clothes this year. I can say, no, let's get them. And then we'll get a little bit of Extra. Now, the average Ibotta user, how much extra? 120 bucks a year. That can cover the cost of one entire shopping trip. You'd use the cash back to buy that flight you've been looking at, that game you're dying to go to. Jen, I understand there are some games coming up in Fort Myers in November that you're already excited to, to talk about to go and see. Is that right? That's correct. So put Ibotta cash in your pocket and you're able to do it because not everyone has the vast robust travel budget that we do over at the next. So Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying it by using the code LOCKED, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play, download the free Ibotta app and use the code LOCKED, that's I-B-O-T-T-A, in the Google Play or App Store, 
and use the code LOCKED. So we were talking about the bubonic plague before the ad break, and I remember you saying something about Brittany Sites going down. Obviously, thank God she's not injured in a serious way, but let's just do it this way. Who hasn't been hurt this year for the 2023 Washington Mystics? Brittany Sykes, Tiana Hawkins, uh, Lee Mung. Mm -hmm. Do we have anybody else? I mean, Shatori Walker Kimbrough. Shatori's not been hurt. And thank goodness for that. Shatori. Players Abby Myers and Lene Harper have also not been hurt. In limited minutes, but yes, that is a very we did have a hardship player need three stitches earlier this year. So, you know, you laugh to keep from trying, right? Where yes. you have just this, I, I, I go back to this all the time. And, and if you'll forgive this kind of point of personal privilege, to my mind, and I think this is pretty well baked in, even no matter what happens next, when we think back to Elena Deladon's career, the comp that I would make is not even a basketball comp. It's to Mickey Mantle. It is a player who has a Hall of Fame career, without a doubt, a Hall of Fame career, and the type of accomplishments that will live forever. But you will always, always wonder, what if? What if Elena had been healthy? And this year, this time around, Elena has been, I, I mean, Healthy-ish. She's playing at an incredible, you know, usual high level. She's what, like, just shy of the 50, 40, 90? Because of the yeah, thirty-nine percent from three. So she's just shy of 50, 40, 90. She's playing in fifteen games. She's playing at an elite level. It should be enough with enough players healthy around her. But once again, we're looking at Elena Deladon getting less than a hundred percent of the time because her own body betraying her. It just, I don't know, you, you've covered Elena and you've covered this team for years. Do you, do you see it that way? Do you think of it that way? You know, I, I, to make the reference that the kids would get to a player who retired in 1968? You know, I do. I, I look at this injury, though. She, she sprained her ankle twice this season, um, once on June 30th and the second time on July 9th, right after she came back, same ankle, same problem. And so, um, you know, I, I think the sense, you know, in all of DC is thank goodness it's not her back. And so I kind of put this in a separate category. It's not continuing uh, a string of back problems. As you mentioned, she looked phenomenal uh, before her injury. Um, I wrote an article early in the season about basically how ridiculous it was that she had gone through so much and, uh, was playing like nothing had happened um, and at times looked even better. So, you know, I, th- I think it's I think it's been somewhat frustrating for her, particularly the second time she sprained the ankle. Um, you know, it's like she just got back and now she has to start that process over again. Um, but I think there's there's you know, there's certainly optimism that she'll be back this season and, and it's not going to set her back long term or, or be something that they have to manage in it all the same way. But, yeah, you you look at all the games missed. Heck, you look at all the all-star games she's missed. I think I think four replacements due to injury, which is the most in history. Like, yeah, you definitely wonder, um, you know, all of those. USA basketball, too, mm-hmm. um, what she could have done in those moments just because she is uh, such a great player. Mickey Mantle had 536 home runs. He won plenty of World Series with the Yankees. It, it's not that. It's 
And it's funny, and I say it because I remember growing up, you hear those stories about people wondering what Mickey could have been. And to my mind, it was always, oh, but look at what he was. And if you didn't live through it, it was a different thing. And, and we're living through it now. We are living through a player who, and I've shared this uh, in other places, Elena Deladon is on that short list for me as a journalist where I saw her play, and this was something I'd never seen before. This was somebody doing something new and different and better. And I'll never forget it. And it's what you chase, right? It's what we live for in this work is to go see, oh my God, I've never seen that before. And so when Elena's back problems got as bad as they did, I kind of reconciled in myself as a journalist to say, whenever I can cover her, I will. But who knows how long we'll get a chance to do that. The fact that she's out there, the fact that she's playing as well as she is, is one thing that it is now her ankle that's giving her a problem. I, I don't know. It's it's a new level of arrogance, uh, of annoyance, I should say, um, to think about the fact that we as basketball observers should have the chance to see her play more. And I know for the Mystics, there are these real questions, right? There should be a free agent. How do you build around her? Can you build around her? They've made the decision, obviously, here to build around her in 2023. Can you do that? Are you signing her to a one-year deal? Can you sign her to a one-year deal? Are there other teams that are going to bid more together? I mean, imagine that Indiana team with Elena Deladon, for instance. Is Lynn Dunn willing to go three or four years? Going to be fascinating to see. But in the meantime, what do you think is a reasonable hope and expectation for Elena Deladon this year? I think she can come back and, and kind of pick up where she left off. I don't think the ankle is going to be a big deal when she gets mm -hmm. back on the court. Um, you know, kind of like you alluded to, we'll all kind of cross our fingers that, uh, you know, she doesn't have any setbacks or, um, you know, nothing else pops up when she does get back. But I'm not terribly concerned about it from a will she be available in the playoffs uh, type right. of situation. I, I, I think she will be, and I think she'll play like the Elena that we have, have come to expect. Um, you know, and it, it seems like the Mystics are pretty optimistic about the rest of the bunch as well that's currently out right now. You know, head coach Eric Tebow did media today, and he's still not putting a, a super uh, fine timeline on things because ankles and various other body parts can be rather unpredictable. But Sure. You know, he, he did reveal that we might see one of those injured players, you know, one or two, however many of those injured players back in a couple of weeks around the time that the Commissioner's Cup ha happens on August 15th. And, uh, you know, I know we're going to talk about that West Coast trip coming up. He said he said all four of them might might travel there um, and get some rehab in out west, which is, you know, feels significant for a cross country flight where, where players, you know, there's some swelling sometimes and lots of recovery to to be even considering traveling all four seems to be like a good sign. It, it does for sure. We're going to talk about that West Coast swing in just a moment. When we think about that West Coast swing, I want to just kind of set the scene, right? We are looking at the Washington Mystics right now in the seven seat. They are 12 and 13, as I mentioned. They are two games ahead of Chicago for that eight seed. Obviously, you don't want to be in a position where you are potentially facing the Aces or the Liberty for as long as possible. And they are just one game behind. I mean, it depends on how you define it. They're 12 and 13. Minnesota's 13 and 14. Uh, Minnesota obviously played two additional games for the sixth seed. But it is also worth noting 
that who's that ninth team? The Los Angeles Sparks, nine and 17, getting people back, getting healthy. And so these games coming up Friday night and Sunday afternoon are extremely, extremely important. The Sparks have an opportunity if they win those two to suddenly turn this into truly a nine-team race for the playoffs and to earn some significant tie-breaking opportunities against the Washington Mystics. So just take me through what you see out of that and you know whether the Mystics, in your experience, understand the import of this weekend coming up. Is, and maybe that plays a part of why these four players are heading west. Yeah, so first of all, I'm, I'm calling this, this matchup the Injury Olympics uh, because <laughs> L.A. is the only team in the league that has been as injured as the Mystics uh, for my money. Um, yeah. So just to clarify for our listeners, the Mystics are hosting the Sparks for two games uh, this weekend, and then they will go out west, and then they get the Mercury and the Aces. So um, they'll get these two games at home, which is really important for them right now. They've lost five of their past six, including getting swept on a three-game road trip last week. Mm-hmm. So they – uh, are in need of like all the good home crowd vibes right now. Um, you know, they, they've talked about, uh, you know, they, they finally got some practice this week. They had some days off, they had some practice, um, and that's been really good for them. They, they've talked about, you know, acting like the team that they want to be at the, end of the, at the end of the year. So they're not healthy now, but how do they want to carry themselves when they are healthy? How, how do they want to play when they are healthy? Making sure that they're, they're playing that way now, that they're carrying themselves with confidence, um, you know, doing all the all the little things. Eric Thibault talked today about how sometimes your habits can slip a little bit when you don't have practice. Mm-hmm. Um, even things as as simple as how quickly you you get up court after the other team scores. Like, are you thinking about the ball going in? Are you talking about it, or are you just immediately um, getting down on offense and and getting into your offense? And and I appreciate, by the way, you you subtly but effectively corrected me. The LA games are in DC this weekend, so they are. They, it is a West Coast trip in the sense that they are welcoming people from the West Coast this weekend and then flying out for Phoenix and Las Vegas as well. Um, that is a fascinating matchup, though, to my mind, not only at home, but heading out West. If they can be intact, the Aces preserve, present an opportunity to show what they're able to do against the Leeds best at that point. It sounds like you, you think they're pretty optimistic they could have – I mean, this is a crazy thing to say for the Mystics. Close to a full roster by the time they are uh, playing against the Aces? Probably a little bit after that. Like, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get Deladon back around then. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric mm-hmm. Tebow said yesterday on Wednesday that she could jump into practice on Thursday today. And she ended up not practicing today, but that sounded more like a um, you know, like her medical needs for timing were not aligned with when the team was practicing. Like she hasn't had a setback or anything. It was just like nuts and bolts of her rehab. So she seems she seems close. Um, Shakira Austin was captured on video uh, yesterday by a friend of the program, Kareem Copeland, uh, you know, sprinting to half court, doing defensive slides, then catching a pass, one dribble layup which is like a fair amount of activity for a player that we hadn't really seen do anything before. Um, she, she's been out since June 25th with a hip injury. So she's making progress that is, that is even, uh, quote, surprising in a good way um, to Eric Thibault. Um, so she's definitely coming along, but, but they're not quite sure. You know, they don't want to put, put a day on it in case, you know, she wakes up tomorrow and is feeling 
not great or something yeah. like that. But but to answer your question, I think I think by mid to late August we can we can hope for an intact Mystics team. And the truth of the matter is that that is ultimately this was a team built for the postseason, getting themselves healthy and ready. You know that's always a a game that's difficult for anyone to navigate uh, to try and get healthy and then in the right place and then being able to fire on all cylinders. The number of teams are able to do that is very limited. Chicago did it obviously in 2021, but that is a challenging thing to do. It does though loom as a possibility. Their ceiling remains as high as essentially anyone in this league outside of the two teams that everyone puts first and foremost. So uh, I would I, also say, yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't underestimate the value right now, even if it takes them a couple of weeks to get whole. And, and I was talking to players about this today um, over Zoom. The, the value and the pick-me-up that it provides for them to see Shakira Austin doing defensive slides right now, to see all of their injured players on the court in some fashion, you know, not all of them are running or whatever, but they're at least shooting. They're not sitting on the sides unable to move. Sure. And that oh. is that is a big emotional lift for all of them. Uh, you know, Maisha Heinz Allen was gushing about how Austin looks the same as before her injury, like she hadn't missed a beat or anything. And uh, Limong was saying she's so excited to have Kira back um, and that she's been, been telling Kira to hurry up and, and start practicing uh, for a while. So, you know, that's just that's just kind of a, a boost that that is coming at a really good time with them being on that three game losing streak. Um, and even just their presence, if they do travel west, um, that is a big deal. And not just because Christy Tolliver is a bona fide NBA coach who can who can be an extra an extra voice on that bench. But just emotionally, um, I, th I think that's an intangible that, that we'll want to watch down no the stretch. Doubt, no doubt about it. And, uh, unfortunately, we're out of time, so we'll have to. Check back next time to find out what state Maisha Hines-Allen is from. But please tune in tomorrow where Jackie Powell will be speaking to Matthew Walter about, uh, I, I don't know if you guys have heard, the Liberty and the Ace is pretty good this year. And they're matching up on Sunday, so we're going to have a full preview. I know Jackie had a chance to talk to some of the Aces play or some of the Liberty players, and Matthew to some of the Aces players uh, today as well. So it's going to be fascinating. That matchup will be Sunday afternoon. Fascinating one, of course. We will also have locked on women's basketball shorts coverage immediately following that game. Uh, I will be there. Jackie Powell will be there as well. Jen Hatfield, of course, if you are not watching on YouTube, you can follow her on Twitter, assuming it survives by the time I'm able to post this, at J-E-N-N-H-A-T-F-I-E-L-D-1. Make sure you are following Jen for all of her 17 beats over at The Next and everything that she brings to this world. Until tomorrow... I am Howard McDonald, thanking you all for making us your first listen every day. Have a wonderful Thursday. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 